All right, wrestling fans, it is Wrestling With Theology, fifth Wednesday, the final Wrestle Extravaganza, episode number 118 in the Wrestling With Theology series. I am Pastor Doug Minton, here as we look at the Survivor Series pay-per-views from 1987 until 2000. Survivor Series was the first of the great gimmick pay-per-views that the WWF came out with, and probably, in my opinion, the greatest. What it was, was you had numerous wrestlers on each side, anywhere between four and six wrestlers on a side, and you went until one side was completely eliminated from the match by pinfall, countout, or disqualification. And that was the basic idea for this, is you had every match in the beginning being a Survivor Series match. Eventually, it became to be just a sideshow for the rest of the card. But we'll get into that in a few moments. So we get to the original idea. Four matches on the card. There's a women's Survivor Series match. There's a 10-on-10 tag team match. And then the main event had Andre the Giant, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, One Man Gang, and Rick Rude facing off against Bam Bam Bigelow, Mar Magnificent Morocco, Hulk Hogan, Ken Patera, and Paul Orndorff. And in that match, Andre was the sole survivor. 1988 had the Blue Blazer, Owen Hart, Brutus Beefcake, Jim Brunzel, Sam Houston, and the Ultimate Warrior facing off against the Honky Tonk Man, Ron Bass, Danny Davis, Bad News Brown, and Greg Valentine. And in that match, the Ultimate Warrior was the only survivor. Later on in that card, you had Andre the Giant, Dino Bravo, Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, and Harley Race facing off against Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ken Patera, Scott Casey, and Tito Santana. Mr. Perfect and Dino Bravo were the survivors in that match. 1989, you get into some odd things with it. First match, because... This is the year that Dusty Rhodes was in the WWF. You had Dusty Rhodes, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, and Tito Santana facing off against Big Boss Man, Bad News Brown, Rick Martell, and the Honky Tonk Man. Now, A, Dusty Rhodes in the WWF, kind of iffy on that one because there's all kinds of stories online about how a flop that was but then again, this is Dusty Rhodes, one of the greatest minds in the wrestling world, and Vince McMahon collaborating together. Even if it was full of jabs and having to come out and poke it out tights and all that, Dusty made a pretty good living that year. But then you get the Red Rooster. This is probably the time where I really realized I don't like Terry Taylor. And I still, to this day, as I watch old Mid-South wrestling, I cannot stand Terry Taylor. But that's beside the point, I guess. But the issue behind the Red Rooster gimmick was that when Terry Taylor met with the creative group behind the WWF, they 
basically said he was cocky like a rooster. So they made the entire gimmick based on his cockiness. But in this match, Dusty Rhodes and Brutus the Barber Beefcake are the sole sur are the survivors for that match. Then you have another match that is just kind of interesting in just the combination. And this was the idea behind the Survivor Series, which you had these weird combinations of matches and teams. So in the next match, you had Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Axe and Smash of Demolition facing off against Ted DiBiase, Warlord, Barbarian, and Zeus. Now this, of course, is after the uh, pr premiere of I can't even think of the name of the movie now that Hulk Hogan is this prize fighter before MMA was a big thing. And uh, Tiny Lister, who was, who was Zeus in the movie and then Zeus in WWF, was the main antagonist in that movie. And so you have these guys facing off against each other, with Hogan being the sole survivor. Then you have probably my favorite one of the 1989 card. Ultimate Warrior, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, facing off against Bobby the Brain Heenan, Andre the Giant, Haku, and Arn Anderson. Now, we got this odd situation here where you have two of the big tag teams in the Heenan family kind of broken up here. You have the colossal connection of Andre the Giant and Haku, who would later go on to be Ming, and then Arn Anderson of the Brain Busters. This was the year that Arn and Tully were in the WWF, but Tully Blanchard, for whatever reason, is not in the Survivor Series match, and Bobby Heenan apparently takes his place. And that one, again, the Ultimate Warrior is the sole survivor, which is the biggest thing I have with Survivor Series with the Ultimate Warrior teams, is that I believe, as I look through my notes... I'm pretty sure in every match the Ultimate Warrior is in, he is the sole survivor. And I'm not sure why they made that out that way. Because the Ultimate Warrior was a lot of hype. But he is the sole survivor in that match. Now we move into 1990. Another odd team setup. Where you have the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. Kerry Von Erich as the Texas Tornado and the Ultimate Warrior facing off against all three members of Demolition, Axe, Smash, and Crush, and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Again, like I said a moment ago, Ultimate Warrior's in the match. Yeah, he is the sole survivor. Then, okay, here is the one exception, I guess. You also had Ultimate Warrior coming in another match, a Handicap Survivor Series match, where you had Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, and the Ultimate Warrior facing off against Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick Martel, Ted DiBiase, and the Warlord. And like I said, this is the exception where Hogan and Warrior are the two survivors. And what makes that match so interesting is that Ultimate Warrior was the world heavyweight champion at the time, having won it seven months earlier from Hulk Hogan. So seeing the two of them on the same side, although yes, it's against Ted DiBiase and his million, million dollar corporation, 
But to see those two together, again, a if you have listened to my wrestling extravaganzas or my wrestling profiles before, you know that the WWF was very good at putting opponents together as tag team partners just to make sure that they kept each other safe for whatever was coming up in the future. 1991 Survivor Series. This is the year of Flair in the WWF. As Flair teams up with the Mountie, Ted DiBiase and the Warlord against Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, and Davy Boy Smith. Now, this is in that time where Virgil has broken away from Ted DiBiase, and so that's why he is in with Piper and Bret Hart and Davy Boy Smith. And in that match, Flair is the sole survivor. Later on, I believe the only time I can remember in the Survivor Series where an entire team... Oh, no, I take that back. There is one other time that the entire team is then spared as the survivors. So this is a very rare thing to have one whole side really uh, take the entire match. And this would be Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Texas Tornado, and Tito Santana defeating Colonel Mustafa, the Berserker, Skinner, and Hercules. As I said, Slaughter's team just took the entire thing. I believe most of them by disqualification and I think that also might have been the shortest Survivor Series match, as I believe the entire team got disqualified at once. 1992 saw the decline of the Survivor Series matches initially, because you had only one Survivor Series match, and that had the Natural Disasters and the Nasty Boys facing off against Money, Inc., Ted DiBiase, and Erwin R. Scheister, and the Beverly Brothers. In that match, the Nasty Boys were the survivors. Other matches on the cart of great note were The Undertaker defeating Kamala in the much-anticipated coffin match. Right, this match had been built up since, like, March, and Kamala's deathly fear of coffins and dead bodies. So that was a great time for that uh, storyline. The main event of that card had Bret Hart successfully defending the World Heavyweight title against Shawn Michaels. Also had the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Championship uh, contested on that as 92 was the year that Smoky Mountain tried to gain notoriety in itself by teaming up with the WWE. That partnership was quickly broken, and then they went on a feud with USWA out of Memphis, which eventually led to Smoky Mountain being disbanded in 1995. 93, they decide, no, we need to go back to the Survivor Series matches. And so most of the card was Survivor Series matches. Again, one of the great storylines of 93 was Sean Waltman as the 1-2-3 Kid. Because you have 1-2-3 Kid, Marty Jannetty, Randy Savage, and Razor Ramon facing off against Adam Baum, Diesel, Erwin R. Scheister, and Rick Martel. 
And in that match, the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon were the survivors. Later on, you had Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers and the Undertaker. Talk about a team there. Facing off against Crush, Jacques Rougeau, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna. Another decent side. In that match, Luger was the only survivor. 1994, continuing on, you had 1-2-3-Kid, Davy Boy Smith, Fatu, Razor Ramon, and Sione facing off against Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Owen Hart, and Shawn Michaels. In that match, Razor Ramon was the sole survivor. Then you had, I believe, the worst Survivor Series match ever. And this was probably one of the worst feuds ever in the WWF, especially in the mid-90s, where you had the feud between Jerry Lawler and Doink the Clown. Again, Matt Bourne coming in as Doink the Clown, I wasn't exactly on board with, but you just needed a little bit of animation for it. So that's fine. But you had Jerry Lawler and his three midget kings, Cheesy, Sleazy, and Queasy, facing off against Doink and his midgets, Dink, Pink, and Wink. This is the other time where it's a clean sweep. Lawler and his midgets face, you know, sweep out Doink and his. And in this match, it was stipulated, much like a mixed tag team match, that midgets could only face off against midgets, and Lawler and Doink can only face each other. So, it was just a odd match altogether. Uh, later on in the match, the double main event for the evening had Bob Backlund defeating Bret Hart for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then Undertaker defeating Yokozuna in a casket match with special referee Chuck Norris. And that was the height of the fame of Walker, Texas Ranger as well, which is why Chuck Norris is brought in for this casket match between these two giants of the ring. 1995, not much there, with the exception of the first women's Survivor Series match since the original one in 1987. That women's match had Bertha Faye with Harvey Whippleman, Aja Kong, Tamako Watabe, and Lioness Asuka facing off against Alundra Blaze, also known as Medusa Michelli, Kyoko Ioni, Sakia Hazagawa, and Chaparita Asari. A lot of these names from the Mexican and Japanese wrestlers, as especially the the partnership with New Japan was really high in 1995. And in that match, Aja Kong is the sole survivor. Going back to the men, you had Body Donna Skip, Rad Radford, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and 123Kid facing off against Marty Jannetty, Hakushi, Barry Horowitz, and Bob Holly. Now, some of these, it's like, all right, um, I'm not exactly sure what the idea behind the Body Donnas was, other than giving Sonny a job. Uh, Tom Pritchard, 
great solid wrestler from the Southern Territories. Hakushi, arguably in the top five Japanese wrestlers of all time. Arguably, definitely top 10, but you got a lot of guys that people want to put in that number like five spot. Barry Horowitz. Really? Now, this was the time where they tried to move him from a jobber into, well, if they had like a TV title or something below the Intercontinental title at the time, because this, I believe, was before the European heavyweight title, that they were trying to build him up to some form of that contention. But in that match, the 1-2-3 kid was the sole survivor. 1996. Truly the best of the Survivor Series matches on that card didn't even happen on the pay-per-view. It was on free-for-all the hour before where Aldo Montoya, Bart Gunn, Bob Holly, and Jesse James Armstrong faced off against Billy Gunn, Justin Bradshaw, Salvatore Sincere, and The Sultan. This was right after the smoking guns broke up. So then you have you have them facing off against each other. And in that match, Bart Gunn was the sole survivor. Then you have some of the match that, okay, this would be the second best one on the card. Jake the Snake Roberts, Mark Merrow, Rocky Maivia, and the stalker, Barry Windham, facing off against Crush, Gold Dust, Jerry the King Lawler, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. This would be The Rock's debut for... Survivor Series, and he is the one who is the sole survivor in that match. 1997 had a ton of stuff going on. And this is the year. I mean, this is the Survivor Series card that if you talk about Survivor Series, this is the one you talk about. And it has nothing to do with Survivor Series. But the two main Survivor Series matches that were on the card. The Godwins, Henry and Phineas, teaming up with the New Age Outlaws against the Headbangers and the Blackjacks. You want to talk about a set of tag teams right there. The Godwin brothers were really good. Henry definitely better than Phineas, who would go on to be Midian and a bunch of other dumb gimmicks as WWF just tried to figure out what to do with them. New Age Outlaws, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and I've talked about that enough with Pro Wrestling America as putting the two of them against each other. Then you have the Headbangers, a great tag team that started out in Memphis and really gained a lot of popularity in the WWF, and then the Blackjacks, Barry Windham and Justin Bradshaw. Awesome tag teams, all four of them. And in this match, the Outlaws are the survivors. Then you had Davy Boy Smith, Doug Furness, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and Phil LaFon facing off against Gold Dust, Mark Marrow, Steve Blackman, and Vader. I mean, you think about this. You have Davy Boy Smith, Jim Neidhart, and Vader all in the same ring. And in this match, Davy Boy Smith is the sole survivor. Now we get to the two matches that really make this card. Owen Hart, earlier in the year, had 
basically almost paralyzed Stone Cold Steve Austin with a tombstone pile driver that took him out for quite a while. Austin had numerous neck surgeries already by that point, but this one really almost took him out of wrestling completely. This was Austin's first match back after that. And he beats Owen for the Intercontinental title and holds the title for a little bit. So that's the revenge angle. Now we get to the World Heavyweight title match. A rematch of five years earlier with Bret Hart defending the title against Shawn Michaels. Let me just say this. Survivor Series 1997 was in Montreal. And as far as I remember, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels only had one match in Montreal. And that ended, of course, in the Montreal Screwjob, where Shawn Michaels locks in the sharpshooter on Bret Hart. Vince immediately demands the bell to be rung. And claiming that Michaels has won by submission. Now, granted, why is this? Well, if you've seen the documentary Beyond the Mat, you have Bret Hart talking about how he was trying to get a better contract from Vince, and Vince just was not budging. So Survivor Series was, I believe, technically the day after Hart's uh, contract expired, but he was still World Heavyweight Champion. And it was known at that time that he had signed with World Championship Wrestling already. So Vince was making sure that he did not walk off with the WWF World Heavyweight title like years before Ric Flair had walked off with the NWA World Heavyweight title. So you have the Montreal screw job. 1998. At some point in 98, the title had gone vacant. So instead of the Survivor Series matches, you had a tournament, a one-night tournament for the vacant World Heavyweight title. And in these, you had the first round had Stone Cold Steve Austin beating Big Boss Man by disqualification. And you had Mankind defeating his mystery opponent, who ended up being Dwayne Gill. We'll not even get into the whole Gilbert problem. The quarterfinals had Undertaker and Kane, who both had buys in the first round, facing off with Undertaker advancing, and then Mankind facing off against his friend, Al Snow, and defeating him. The semifinals had The Rock defeating Undertaker by disqualification and Mankind defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you have the final for the World Heavyweight title, The Rock versus Mankind. And Vince decided to repeat history. So The Rock wins by submission. Half a second after locking Mankind in the sharpshooter. Redoing the Montreal screw job once again to make sure that McFoley does not win the world heavyweight title. Oh, uh, that was kind of what was seeming to be the end 
of the WWF. But, and again, we have three years later, WWF is the only major wrestling organization left in America. So quickly, 99, you have D'Lo Brown, the Godfather, and the Headbangers facing off against the Acolytes and the Dudley Boys. Again, awesome match with four great tag teams. D'Lo Brown and the Godfather were the survivors in that one. You had an eight-women tag match where Deborah McMichael, the Fabulous Moolah, Mae Young, and Tori defeated Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna Vachon, and Terry Runnels. Then you had a um, you had another handicap Survivor Series match where the Big Show by himself faced off against the Big Boss Man, Midian, Albert, and Viscera. You want to talk about some behemoths in that ring. And the show wins that one. Then you have the Hollies. Bob and Crash teaming up with two cool Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor facing off against Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. Now, again, another great match of tag team talent. And in that, you had Hardcore Holly as the sole survivor. And this really set up the feud between Edge and Christian and the Hardys as you get into 2000, and then they have the first of the epic tables, ladders, and chairs matches. But in 2000, at Survivor Series, you have the Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn facing off against Billy Gunn, China, K-Quick, and the Road Dog. Uh, K-Quick was the WWF persona for Ron the Truth Killings. And in that match, Benoit and Saturn were the two survivors. And then because we couldn't have a card topped off without one last great tag team war, you had the Dudley Boys and the Hardys facing off against Edge and Christian and right to censor Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. Again, four great tag teams, although... Of the four, right to censor may have just the you know, good moniker, not great. But anyway, in that match where three of the teams have been battling out in tables, ladders, and chairs matches against each other, you have Jeff Hardy as the sole survivor. Survivor Series was a great gimmick. And I believe it is still going on today with at least one match on the card. But again, WWF has gotten, and I still call it WWF, even though they lost to the Panda, but you have the idea that we get a lot of guys together. How do you get most of the roster on the card for one pay-per-view? You put them all in one match and not a big battle royal, but make it to where they have to work with each other, even if they don't like each other. That's a great card. And again, in the late 80s to mid-90s, you had some great matches. After the mid-90s, it started to decline, just like, well, basically everything else in the WWF has declined in that 20-plus year span. But anyway, that is my personal opinion. 
and you can like it, you can not like it, but it's my podcast. I'll say what I want. But next week, we have Confessional Corner continuing on in the fourth article of the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. We'll get to Proercing America in two weeks, then digging deeper into Psalms 9 and 10, and then begins the start of the weekly PWA run, as that is the first of the third run-through of the tour around the territory, and that begins the weekly podcast cards as the first week of May. We have Confessional Corner and Digging Deeper and Pro Wrestling America all during that week. So lots of opportunities once we get into the swing of spring and getting into summer of great study, but also great entertainment. And if you have liked these wrestle extravaganzas and the look at the supercards and the pay-per-views, and you would like more of them, let me know. Wrestlingwiththeology at gmail.com. Comment on the Wrestling With Theology Facebook page. Let me know, and I will put more on in the future as I have the time to do it. But until next time, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology this week. Amen.